I believe the Lord's put a word on my heart today for you to actually get free and to help others get free as well. So I'm going to be talking about having authority over the devil. I'm going to be talking about uh, the war for mankind. And you know, I don't know how many of you feel like you're in a battle sometimes or in a war, but I want to talk to you about that. And I want to say something as well. I, I felt very strongly that I should be talking about suffering at some point in the series, but if anyone remembers Tiago's message a couple of weeks ago, it was very much about suffering and about you know, God's with you in that. Because when we think about the big questions, uh, there isn't usually a bigger question than suffering, right? Because especially when you're going through it. But when I was preparing for this message, I felt like God wanted to take it a slightly different direction and not only talk about suffering, but also take a step back and just see things from God's perspective in terms of the spiritual world, the spiritual realities that we come into contact as Christians. And I started to come across scriptures that when they talk about suffering, for example, they make us step back and see the bigger picture. So let me explain what I mean. So Romans 8, uh, verses 8 to 18 through 19, Paul says, I consider that the present sufferings of this time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So you think, okay, you think about suffering. Paul says, I don't consider it worth comparing to what's to come. So suffering's important, your suffering's important, but you need to remember the bigger perspective. Same when you see with Jesus in Hebrews chapter 8, when it says, for the joy that was set before him, he enjoyed, enjoyed the cross. So the cross was horrendous. You know, the worst suffering probably anyone ever went through, not just the physical suffering of the cross, but the spiritual suffering as well that Jesus went through. Yet it's for the joy that was set before him. So we need to actually think about when we're going through suffering, when, we, when we're thinking about suffering, the bigger perspective. And it says, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. So when we think about suffering, we think about the battles that are going on for you, for the world. We actually need to bring Jesus into the picture. We need to get a better understanding and a revelation of Jesus. You know, when you think about who Jesus is, Jesus is the God who stepped into time. He's not indifferent. Some people say, well, God doesn't care. God's distant. Yet, Jesus proved that to be wrong because Jesus stepped into time and suffered with us, for us. And so it proves that he's not an indifferent God. It proves that he has a solution for us. And so uh, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Jesus coming into the world, Jesus coming into your situation. And so my main scripture that I want to unpack with you today and, and go from there is it's actually John chapter 1, the opening sentences of John chapter 1, when it talks about Jesus. And it says these words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. So when John is presenting Jesus, of course, the gospel of John is all about Jesus, of course. But he's saying even Jesus, even the man Jesus, you need to understand he wasn't just a man. He is God before all time. And you need to understand that just like God spoke and said, let there be light over creation, over the world, so, so Jesus is the light coming to this 
present darkness. And he is illuminating. He is the solution to that. And he's greater than the darkness. Amen. Feel the Holy Spirit today. So when Jesus came into the world, there was a spiritual darkness. And there is that still that spiritual darkness at work. And it's not only the demonic realm, the devil and his, and his fallen angels and the, the evil spirits, but also sin as well. And so when in John's Gospel, which I'm mainly going to be focused on, on today, when it speaks about darkness, light and darkness, it's not only the realm of sin, but it's also the demonic realm. They kind of overlap, as you'll see as we go through. And, you know, we live in dark times, and, you know, throughout the week, I had the Lord waking me up, showing me dreams, actually, at one time, things that the devil actually wants to do in this country in the coming years, things that I didn't really know were happening, I won't go into detail what they are right now, but I was, I was feeling disgusted and I was feeling like, God, you know, don't let this happen. And God spoke very clearly to me, I believe it was Thursday morning this week, and said, the devil is trying to import darkness. He's trying to import darkness into this nation, but I am going to export light. I am going to export light. We have a better product. We have something better to offer the world than whatever darkness could offer. And I believe that the revival, we talked about revival, Christians awakening, the world awakening to the truth of who God is, is going to actually bring a resolution to many of the things. It's actually going to stop many of the things. Some of you all know about child trafficking. Some of you know about you know the drug industry and all these things, right? But there's even worse things that the, the devil's trying to bring in. And this is the kind of thing that Jesus talks about when he talks about darkness. And just so you know, when you go through a message like this and you're talking about the devil, when you talk about things, try and focus as much as you can. Every single time that I've preached on the devil, every time I've preached on healing, something always happens, okay? But normally there's this glazed look that people get, okay? Try and just let the Holy Spirit um, speak to you today because the devil is not, he does not want you to hear this. I promise you, promise you he does not want to hear this. And he's going to regret everything he's done to you and everything he's done in this country, amen? So let me, let me explain this. So Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 speaks about God and it says, For he, God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. You see, before you were in Christ, you were in darkness. You see, people who are not Christians yet, though they can be, have moral impulses to do the right thing, but they're made in the, we're all made in the image of God. We're all created to serve God. That's who we are fundamentally. But that image, that identity has been darkened through sin. And so once we were in darkness, but now we're in the light. He's delivered us, he's transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the sun he loves, okay? And when Jesus was on the earth in John 12, he says that the one who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, speaking of himself, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. So what Jesus did when he came to the earth, he gave us the opportunity to become who we're really meant to be, who we were made to be, sons of light. 
It's like our spiritual DNA changed. And as you go through, especially the Gospel of John, it speaks of children of God and children of the devil. Now, of course, people who are not Christians, they think, why would you call me a child of the devil? But in the, in the Bible, um, when it speaks of father-son relationship, that's actually speaking about influence. Remember when Jesus says, call no man your father? Remember that verse? doesn't mean you can't call someone your dad. <laughs> it means don't let anyone be the influence over your life. I have the final say, except God, right? And if you're under the influence or the domain of the evil one, okay, you, you have somewhat of a, a demonic inheritance from them, right? And that's why it's no joke when I'm talking about these things. There's an inner rebellion in us. That's what sin is. It's joining Satan's rebellion against God. And, you know, think about Psalm 2, when, you know, when, when the writer says, why do the nations rage against the Lord and his anointed one? You see, the nations, they're like this ocean kind of churning, angry against God. You know, creation groaning. You know, you ever share the gospel with someone, they just make a groaning noise? That's the groans of creation, right? There's something fallen. There's, there's the fall, the effects of the fall that actually puts us in a position where we're actually fighting against God. We're not indifferent. We're actually fighting against God when we sin. We're also slaves. You know, Jesus said in John 8, 34, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So you, you right to taken away, you're drawn where you, you didn't want to go. And as Christians, you know, the devil is not just trying to bring the world down, but he's trying to bring us down as well. You see, the devil is condemned. The devil one day will face judgment on that final day. And you remember what Jesus said in the, the parables in Matthew, he said to the person who was condemned, he said, to go to the, the place prepared for the devil and his angels in the parable story, speaking about the judgment to come. So the, the hell is not made for people. People, you know, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Well, the person who rejects Christ, who does not walk in the light, is going to place prepared for the devil and his angels. And that's not where you're meant to be. It's what anyone's meant to be. And it's, and it's, it's something that we forget about. A, a lot of churches, they don't talk about hell. They don't talk about judgment. They don't talk about these things. But I read the Bible and it's everywhere in the scripture. Remember that the devil is trying, he's bringing the world down. He's trying to bring you down as well. In, uh, in, in 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 11 Peter says to church, once you are not people, but now you're the people of God. Once you've not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh, which war against your soul. That's 2 Peter 2 verse 11. So the world system, we were once not a people, we were once in darkness. The world system now seems strange to us, and we seem strange to them. We're exiles and foreigners. So this world that we walk in, you hear people saying and do things, and you think, it's not the language of my kingdom. It's not the language of my kingdom. It's not the talk of where I'm from. And your talk is not where they're from. You're, you're a foreigner. You're a foreigner to people. You know, if anyone knows what it's like to be a foreigner, you, you feel a bit out of sorts sometimes. Yeah, well, that's every Christian in the world. True Christian, sons of light. But we bring the light, and the darkness can't overcome the light, and it can't overcome the church. And so, 
The problem is when the devil people listen to the enemy and they're brought low with him. But the enemy is trying to, he's trying to bring people down. He's trying to bring you down as a Christian as well. And he's trying to influence things in a certain direction. Of course, you know John 10.10. 10. Actually speaking about Pharisees, by the way, John 10.10. 10. And he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. So he's speaking about the Pharisees in the context of it. But earlier on, he called the Pharisees children of the devil. So the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have been delivered from that kingdom. And now we're at odds with it. I'm going to tell you some stories in a bit that are going to show you exactly how this plays out. But I want to read to you, actually, First John chapter 3, some of the scripture there. And this will really put a lot of this into context. So First John chapter 3. I'm going to read a large section of it out because it really is uh, so important to, to hear these words. When John, St. John, writes, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law, in fact, sins lawlessness. But you know that he appeared, that he may take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues in sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. For one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Now listen to this verse. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. And the key verse in that is that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So that's the work of sin and the demonic realm. And he came so that we may become children of light and brought us out of the system, and brought us out of judgment. We got on God's team. We got on the winning side. Not through our righteous acts, but through faith. That's how God saved us, through, by grace, through faith. And when we said yes to Jesus, that was a massive loss to the devil. Every one of you, it was a massive loss to the devil. Not just you, but everyone you're going to talk to and your family. Right? It's, and, that's, and that's why the, the devil wages this war against us. And I'm going to talk about how we lost in a moment. But I want to tell you a couple of stories that are a bit out there. But I believe the Lord really put this on my heart to share with you. So when I was, when I became a Christian, when I was just before I turned 17, I wasn't taking sin too seriously for a little while. Probably for the first year and a half. Until the Lord really got hold of me, okay? Now, I started to join, I joined YWAM for a while, we through the mission, and I became one, became one of their missionary schools. And just before I got there, I actually had a demon in a dream come to me, 
and intimidating and said, you know, don't, you know, basically, you know, don't carry on in the direction you're going. Because um, if you do, I will kill your father, I will stop your mother going to a Bible study, and I'll stop your brother going to the youth club, and I'll do it in one day. And this demon had the face of a snake and a man at the same time. I woke up a bit like, wow. Now, I completely forgot about this dream for a while, except for about three, I was about two months into this six-month course I was doing. It was a missionary training school. So it was a mixture of teaching, mixture of outreach. And anyway, I'm starting, I'm having this, I guess, counseling, it's not counseling session, but it's more like a mentoring session with uh, the guy on my course. And so I'm talking to him, and I'm realizing that some of the things I struggle with, uh, or some of the ways I saw myself, were completely stupid. Like, they weren't even true at all. Uh, there were certain things I said, because I think like this, I'll never be, I'll never serve God, I'll never have a ministry, right? And as I was talking through them, I was like, it's just completely stupid. It's amazing how the devil works in his lives, right? But anyway, as I'm talking, I start to feel really free. But then all of a sudden, I have this feeling of dread. And I, that same demon that I saw in that dream, it's like I could see him just leave. And then I started to be like, oh no. Now, I have permission to share this, but my father, I didn't know this. At the time I was away, was going through a mental kind of health crisis. Okay? I didn't really understand that at the time, because it was very well covered up. And um, he was not only going through that, he was also on the wrong medication. So he'd do things out in public that shouldn't do, okay? One day he got into trouble for one of those things that he did. And he's driving back on his motor scooter, you know, kind of thing. And he starts getting voices in his head saying, you need to end it, you need to end it, you need to end it. You can't go back, you need to end it. Now, this is the same afternoon, about Thursday, three o'clock, that I saw this devil go, like this devil that had an influence on me, must have been that I got delivered from, possibly was now trying to get him, okay? This is sign of demon. And so my dad's getting these thoughts, like, you need to end it, you need to end it, you need to end it. And he drives his motor scooter in front of the lorry on the main road, okay? And the lorry hits him. And one of my friends coincidentally happened to be there and said, I don't know what happened, but it, he just, he was completely fine. A lorry hit him on the main road and he fell and he was all right. And then he had a bit of a, a, a scratch. And I was like, oh, that's uh, you know, I found out that it's in the evening because there's a lot of lava with the ambulance and everything like that. And in the evening, my mum, you know, tells me, you know, and I said, I said, oh, how did it go with Bible study tonight? How did it go with, you know, my uh, my brother going to his group? And, you know, you know, he didn't go because your dad tried to kill himself today. And I didn't realise my dad had suicidal tendencies. I didn't know that at all until that point. And I was so grieved because not only was it quite a scary situation, but also I didn't realise that my dad had these tendencies to do this. I didn't realise how much he was struggling because he was, seemed so strong to me. And so I get on my knees and I'm in this field at night time and I'm crying out, God, like, do something for my dad. Don't leave him in this state. I just didn't really know. I'm, I'm away from home at the time. And I'm thinking about this demon that, you know, you've seen this you know, in his vision, and I'm thinking like, you know, the devil's trying to do something, and I'm like, God, you know, you're bigger than the devil, you can, I want you to help, and I'm just crying out to him, and this wind picks up around me, and I feel the Holy Spirit say, I'm going to take care of it, almost audibly, like, I'm going to take care of it, 
And so for two days, I got as many people as I could to pray for my dad. Let's, let's help him. Let's get him free. You know, this thing. And on a Saturday night, so a couple of nights later, he's having this dream. And he's about to be attacked in this dream. But before he's attacked, the sky lights up with light. And an arm comes out of the sky with a sword. Now, the thing is, my dad has read the Bible, but he wouldn't know verses like, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. He wouldn't know Ephesians 6, the sword of the Spirit, right? And the demon and this, these figures, evil figures, were gone. And he woke up in the morning, and my mum is always trying to get him to go to church. He wakes up early, he goes, come on, I've got to go to church today. I've got to go to church. And he gets to church, our little England church, and he gets his hands laid on, and he's just like, you know, and, and you know, he got baptised not long after that, and God did a real work in him. He struggled with faith, you know, really going in and staying consistent with it since then. But I believe he's a Christian. My mum's certainly a Christian. My brother is. And, you know, what the devil went for harm, God brought for good. I'll, uh, I'll leave the, the next story for another time. Or you can ask me at the end, but I just feel like the Lord said, don't, don't share that one yet. <laughs> now I won't do it. Because the devil's a loser, so that's fine. You see, the, the, the ruler of this world has been condemned. You know, in the Gospel of John, this is to a pastor friend of mine called Pete Cavana, he was talking about the Gospel of John. And he says, in the Gospel of John, you don't see any time where Jesus casts out a demon from someone. Have you noticed that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Luke, Jesus casts out lots of demons from lots of people, lots of the time. John, you don't see it at all. Except there's one time when he uses the word cast out. Greek word ekbalo, cast out. And I'll show you where it is in John 12, verses 31 to 32. And this is where Jesus is going to the cross. And he says, Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, that's speaking about the cross, I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death. He was going to die. That's John 12, 31, 32. So, so Jesus said, he didn't cast out any demons, okay, but one time in the Gospel of John, he says, now is the time for judgment on this world, okay? The context of that is the, the system, darkness world, okay? Sin, the devil, all of that. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, ekbalo, driven out. But when I'm lifted up from the earth, cross, I will draw all men to myself. See, Jesus not only died for sin on the cross, he actually, he actually overcame the power of darkness as well. It's one of those things, it's in the New Testament, we don't talk about it a lot, we don't, we don't always understand that, but he did. And I was trying to kind of, I, I, I was kind of, because I knew I was to preach on this word, and I was like, God help me an illustration to illustrate this. And this funny one popped in my head. Does anyone remember the guy um, the Japanese soldier who kept fighting the war yeah. nearly 30 years after it ended. Has anyone heard of that? Yeah. yeah, there was a Japanese soldier, what was his name, called Hiro Onada. Okay. And he didn't stop fighting World War II until 1974 because he didn't know it ended. And people tried to tell me it ended and he didn't believe them. And so there he is, if you've ever seen the documentary, he's in the forest with his gun. It's a little bit dangerous, right? 
because he thinks everyone's trying to trick him. And they had to tell him, 1945, your nation surrendered. Two nuclear bombs landed on your country. It's over. And here you are, trying to fight still. Pointless. And that's a little bit like the devil. He lost big time. A long time ago. But he's acting as if he's still got a chance. And that's the second coming. It's when he finally turns up and says, it's over. It's over. Surrender. So, uh, yeah, check out that documentary later on if you get a chance to. You see, there's no, the devil has no claim on humanity now. Jesus said, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. That means that anyone can be saved. God can legally dismiss the sins of anyone. And Jesus said, whoever, you know, no, you know, I hold them. I hold the ones my Father gives me. No one can snatch them out of my hand. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And one day the second coming will complete that process. When I was preparing this, I asked the Lord, what, what's the purpose of this message today? And I felt like it just told me that this is to encourage you. This is to encourage you not to be afraid of the enemy. Not, and to understand and to keep yourself separate from the domain of darkness. So if you're dabbling in sin, dabbling doing things you shouldn't do, you're in, remember, you're dabbling in the enemy's territory, okay? That's one thing. But also as well that you need to understand that you have authority. You have authority over the works of the devil. You can cast out demons from people, from situations, and in our nation, in our city, there are demonic strongholds. There are things that the devil is trying to do. There are, there are systems he has at play. And it's prayer, and it's, and it's authority of